Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 371. And tonight, we are talking about San Diego Comic-Con. I have loved all of the galleries that you put up of the uh, cosplay. I mean, oh, man. the fact that you've got two people cosplaying from Tamsin Muir's um, Necromancers in Space series is oh, just amazing man. to me. And really good Gideons, too. Oh, yeah. They were incredible. And I just, I hope that... I wasn't the only person to be like, oh my God, Gideon, I have to get your picture. I love the fact that I didn't even exchange words with the one who was on the escalator. I'm going up an escalator. She's coming down. I see her. I'm like, and I hold up my phone and she just held this like perfectly smug Gideon pose as I got her picture going down. I was like, brilliant. Perfect. I wondered how you managed to get an action shot like that. Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. But yeah, lots and lots and lots of good cosplay Uh, every single day, even on preview night, which is not usually a good night for cosplay. I still found a good a uh, number of cosplay shots. Oh, how many did you get of Jinx? I especially love, there was one where, like, she was wearing the face mask, the the, mm-hmm. the the breather, whatever, to make it look even more realistic, but the tattoos were perfect. Yeah, yeah. incredible. I mean, the attention to detail in all of them. I think I may have only gotten the one Jinx, unless there was a group one that I'm forgetting about, but yeah, um, the fact that I got two Gideons, um, I got at least one Persephone from Laura Olympus, oh, which was yes. amazing. and she was holding a potted mint plant just with even the correct design on it to show that it was mint transformed into a mint plant. I mean, you're right. The attention to detail on some of these things is amazing. Just unbelievable. So yeah, right now, if you go to pixelatedgeek.com, I've got galleries up from each day, but we also had Alex Hegeshan and Lauren Wilson and Ariana Hester taking pictures. And so in the next couple of weeks, they're going to have their photos up as well. So I swear to God, if you were cosplaying at Comic-Con, you should check out the site because chances are your picture is up there because we were we were trying to get as much as humanly possible i i'm trying to decide if the group costumes were more creative this year i mean they had walt and jesse wearing their meth cooking uh gear from breaking bad Mm -hmm. oh oh god the um monty python and the quest for the holy grail and just it was like tim the magician but then three of the other knights and all of the details were right showing exactly which character they were doing i just yes i was so impressed with that nathan had to laugh when he saw that especially that the one guy had um a vorpal bunny on a lanyard around his neck yes (laughs) (laughs) and they were having such a good time i mean they just they were delighted to have people take their picture and i thought everybody was just everybody was in a really good mood i thought too i thought it was just a really good positive thing and so the whole thing with Hall H was, you know, we didn't have the big celebrity panels, which is usually what drives a lot of the people to want to go to Hall H to see the famous people. So while there was a line to get into Hall H, I never saw any sign of overnight lines. There was never a big crowd of people lined up under those tents going back and forth and back and forth. I think it's entirely possible that you could have shown up and waited in line for three hours and gotten into any Hall H panel you wanted to because all they were really doing was showing trailers. Oh, yes, which would be nice, but uh, I guess you wouldn't actually get a chance to see people like Tom Hiddleston or whoever the the real big names are. I still still want to do that one point because I remember when we went to the Force Awakens panel and 
all of the Star Wars actors were there and Harrison Ford. And I remember specifically putting my phone down so I could see Harrison Ford directly with my own eyeballs. And I don't know why that is so special, but I want to be able to do that with Tom Hiddleston at least once. It would be just amazing. Now, other than that, I thought there was some interesting stuff this year. They kept on using the term activations. Have you ever heard that before? I don't think so. It's All it is is it's basically like, this is the cool interactive thing we're doing at our booth. You know, whether it's one of the big outdoor events that they've got, it's you're standing in line in order to go into a little room and I don't know, they show you a video or there's some volunteers there who are doing a little skit or whatever, but everybody was calling it activations. I think it's really weird how the language changes. No yeah. one was calling it that in previous years. No. And all of a sudden everybody's like, go see the FX activation. Go see the Adult Swim activation. I'm like, okay. But uh, uh, Wade, my friend, he actually went to the FX, I think it was the American Horror Story activation, waited an hour and a half in line, said it totally wasn't worth it. So, oh, but yeah. did you guys manage to get into the Good Omens event? Okay, so that is actually on my notes to talk about. So what I'm going <laughs> to ask you is, did you see the video that I just posted about 45 minutes ago? No, I don't think so. Do you have your phone on you? I do. Okay, so what I want you to do, and we'll just put a little cut in the recording here, but if you can watch it, but don't read the description, because I want to be able to tell you more about the description, but I want you to be able to see what it looks like. Wow, what a setup. I'm impressed. So now that you've seen it, you can see how pretty it was. It was in, I want to say it's like venue 808 downtown and you go inside and it's, the decor is gorgeous. They had a DJ, uh, you got two free cocktails, which is nice. And there was like free coffee if you wanted coffee, you know, it was just like two free alcoholic drinks, but they had like unlimited, like other, you know, non-alcoholic things. Um, One of the things I really liked was there was this area that was set up to look like a record store with the boxes that you normally like sort through and everything. Right. So there were some actual records in there, but mostly what it was is they had scattered throughout the records. They had these, I'll show you right now. They're these little freebies that they were giving away, and they look like LP covers, and they're various um, Good Omens pictures. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And you could take as many as you want. But the thing was, since there were three different designs, and they were all scattered throughout, everybody is, like, flipping through the records, trying to find, you know, a different one. And it recreated that experience of going to an LP store and just flipping through records as you were looking, which I thought was just, like, such a really clever touch. It is a a nice... I don't think I've heard of anybody doing it like that, specifically making it like shopping through a LP record store. That's that's yeah, really clever. Oh, it was just really a neat idea, and it was just really beautiful, and the music was fun, and there was a lot of great cosplay. Uh, my friend Wade, he was in a Hester cosplay, and he got so many compliments because he really knocked it out of the park. He even had like a fake frog attached to the top of his wig. <laughs> yes, and I, your idea for your costume, which was <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the potted plant, grow yes. better! <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of really really good uh, Crowley's there so I felt like mine was sort of like more on the down low in a Crowley style but um, I still had fun it was a good time but I gotta tell you yeah we were in line out front waiting to get in mm-hmm. for four hours 
before, because you sent us a message saying you didn't know if you were even going to be able to get in because the line was yeah. kind of long, I think is how you phrased it. Yeah. So Wade had told me when he wanted to go to this, he's like, yeah, doors open at nine. So we better get in line at seven because, you know, the lines at Comic-Con had been really long all day. And I was thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to stand in line for two or two and a half hours, but you know, I, I, sh- I should do this. You know, I should, I, I'll feel bad if I don't try. So nine o'clock rolls along and the line hasn't moved at all because there was a separate VIP line and they oh. let like at least a hundred people in that line. So they let all those people in first. Nine thirty comes along, ten o'clock, ten thirty. We finally get in right before eleven and it closes at midnight. So we were in there for a little less than an hour. So I gotta you know, people have asked me, they're like, Was it worth the four hours? I'm like, No, absolutely not. There's no way. There's, but the, the thing is, is that nothing is worth waiting in line to me four hours. You know, there is no way. But I am glad that I did it. And the wait, like, sure, it wasn't worth it. But there are a lot of people worked really hard to put on this thing. So I don't want to say that they didn't do an amazing job. They did an amazing job. It's just if somebody had told me ahead of time, you're going to wait for four hours, I'll be like, oh, well, then no. No, no, I'm sorry. That's why I've never, I mean, that one thing we did with Star Wars is the only Hall H thing I've ever done because I cannot abide the idea of standing in line for 24 hours or so. I mean, if you told me, I would definitely get to see somebody that I really liked, I would probably consider it. But then 24 hours, uh, when there's so many other things to do at Comic-Con? Yeah. 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 No, no. So anyway, that was was my whole opinion of the thing, is that I'm really glad I got to do one of these events. I had never really done one of these off-site. I mean, we did the Welcome to Night Vale, the thing at the pizza place, but we weren't waiting in line for that long to get into that. I don't think we were hardly waiting in line at all, and we were able to get beer and get photographs taken and, you know, actual actual autographs on our books. I I, All of that was very worth it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think nowadays they would have called that an activation. It's the Welcome to Night Vale activation. Activation. I'm going to have to add that to my vocabulary because I'm pretty Mm. sure I've never heard it before this podcast. Nope, 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 nope. Only other things I wanted to mention, I thought they always have the press room upstairs for those of us who have press passes, and they have usually coffee, though the coffee runs out fairly fast, but they sometimes have snacks, and randomly the snacks they almost always had up there this year were marinated cucumbers. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to have some marinated and then lastly sideshow collectibles is no longer doing comic-con oh no way oh my god all those beautiful beautiful figurines they're not doing comic-con anymore any idea why yes they've actually said out loud on their website it was uh, because i was the last day and i'm walking on the floor and i'm suddenly like hang on where the hell is Sideshow? I haven't seen them all week. And I could not find them, and I did a search, and they said we're no longer doing Comic-Con. It's like travel costs and accommodation costs and the fees to get into Comic-Con and all that kind of stuff. Apparently, they went digital during the pandemic, and I think they got good enough results from that, so now they're doing fully digital experiences. I'm like, I mean, on the one hand, I'm like, oh, man, but I always did all those pictures. And then I'm like, but I never bought a single goddamn thing. Not (laughs) a thing. I have to wonder if that was their experience the entire time. All these people just really flocking to see everything. But basically, if somebody's going to drop $600, $700 in a figurine, they're probably going to order it off of the website. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was really... 
that was interesting. But um, yeah, everything else was really good. I mean, it was very crowded, very busy. I think they got a lot of good traffic. I think a lot of the people who would have been in Hall H ended up being on the sales floor instead. And I did end up getting some of my dearly beloved uh, nachos with jalapenos on it from oh, one of the uh, food yes. areas. Oh so. my God. I just remember going one time and being so hungry that Jada had gotten some, but she didn't like the jalapenos. So I ate all of them because I was just oh, wow. that hungry. I probably could have spit fire at some point, but they were tasty. Yeah, yeah they're awfully good. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, good experience. I'm very tired. Um, but yeah, we'll look, keep on eye out on pixelatedgeek.com for all the pictures we've already posted and more pictures to come. Yes. And it sounds like you did very well on the art sale. Yeah. I think I sold a few less pieces this year than last year, but several of my pieces were more expensive than I had last year. So I think I may have been about even with what I did last year, but that was, yeah, that art show is always good. Also, seriously, you guys, if you're listening to this, if you're in the San Diego area or even not, honestly, but if you're an artist and you've been wanting to do an art show and everything, it's $40 to participate. You make a little display, you hang it on a pegboard and then you leave and they run the stuff for you for four days of Comic-Con and then you come back and pick up what's left and they cut you a check. You know, it's just $40. You are not going to get a better deal than that. You're not going to get a better deal than that anywhere. I'm, I'm, no. No, I think there are some art uh, shows out here that it may cost $40 to attend in order to buy things. The idea yeah. of artists coming in, they're probably going to be dropping $150 minimum just to get a booth. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's all my friends who are like, oh, wow, you're selling at Comic-Con? I'll look for you on the sales floor. I'm like, I can't afford a sales floor booth. <laughs> what the hell's the matter with you? I can afford $40. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, moving right along to the next thing, apparently you've watched a little more Boba Fett? I've watched one more episode of Boba Fett, although I thought there were eight episodes in this season, and apparently there's only seven, so I feel like I'm now two ahead this time, but yeah. yeah. It's fine. It was a little bit more of his backstory. He gets revenge on the gang for slaughtering the sand people that he had bonded with. And that just was like, you know, he and Ming-Na Wen's character get his spaceship back. And then he goes out and shoots all of them from the spaceship. Uh, That was it, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. And although Ming-Na Wen's character pointed out that a gang taking out sand people is kind of, what's the word I'm thinking of? It doesn't seem very likely. I mean, her character is actually pointing that out. And I remember thinking the same thing. So I feel like we're going to get more. But we do go back to the Sarlacc pit. They almost get eaten by the Sarlacc. The Sarlacc almost eats the entire ship until they drop a bomb inside it. And I guess they've killed it now. But um, And he goes inside and isn't able to find his armor. But I could have sworn he knew his armor had been stripped off of him when he was pulled, when he like got out of of the Sarlacc. Yeah, I thought so too. Isn't... Um, I, it's been a long time since I've watched the episodes that I watched, so I don't know. Yeah, any episode where Ming-Na Wen gets to be a badass is kind of fun, and she gets to yes. do a couple of scenes like that. Um, he still seems to be collecting ne'er-do-wells as part of his team, which is just like trope, 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 trope. Right. Of course, the Wookiee that tried to assassinate him earlier, he's now got him on his team, because sure. So, sure, fine, but yeah. The next episode coming up is Return of the Mandalorian. That is the actual name of the episode. So this is... I'm hoping what I was waiting for. Got it. I do remember people saying that was the episode that everybody liked. Yeah. So I don't know. Man. And that was pretty much it. So, yeah, I still have to, I got to do more than just one episode of a TV show a week if I'm going to catch up with any damn thing. Ugh, same. 
in other pop culture news, Hugh reviewed both the Barbie movie and the Oppenheimer movie uh-huh. because that boy, that was weird how that took over the internet. Just like you know, really? Barbieheimer or whatever. Everybody's just loving the fact that they came out on the same weekend. I suppose and it's funny what the internet decides to pay attention to. Right? Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, yeah. Um, Barbie's doing amazing. I mean, and yeah. I think a lot of it is probably there's a lot of right wing people that are attacking it for being misandrist. But it's just mm. like you guys are giving it free advertising and you're also not the target audience. So I think people need to remember that. Yes, yes. So Hugh really enjoyed Barbie, thought it was great, fun. Obviously, Hugh likes everything, but still, I mean, he seems to be talking that Ryan Gosling was apparently amazing. Like, as Ken in the movie, his comedic timing was perfect. And I'm like, I went from being sort of really reluctant to even pay attention to the movie to being like I don't am I going to have to see this movie? I'm I might. Yeah, mm-hmm. I might have to. At least a rental, but but then he went to see Oppenheimer and he was kind of disappointed. He thought um, there was a lot of characters brought in, a lot of really big names and they were terribly underutilized. Um, it devolved into some tropes with some of the characterizations in some places. Um, yeah, so he gave it a B plus, which for Hugh, I mean, Hugh usually gives a lot of A's out there for him to drop it to a B plus. It's like, uh, I hope I hope it does well, too. I like Cillian Murphy to succeed in everything that he's doing, but I never saw Tenet, did you? No, I didn't, actually, and I've heard a bunch of people talking about it, how that movie would have done better, but it came out during the pandemic, so it kind of uh, got, and I think they bungled the release somehow. That's that's what okay. I've heard, so, yeah. I want also some real bad... Um, audio problems with Tenet, because Hugh made a passing reference to the fact that, at least in this movie, in Oppenheimer, he cleaned up the terrible audio problems he'd had before, and I'm like, oh, wow, I hadn't heard anything about that, but okay. Yeah, there's there was a whole article that someone wrote, I wish I had a link to it, um, about the problems in Hollywood with sound. Because oh, yeah, I actually, I posted that to our social medias at one point, and it got a lot of attention. I mean, it was, it's fascinating, because it's not just one thing. There's a lot of problems there's with sound a, in Hollywood. There's a lot of problems, and a lot lot of people that aren't being listened to because people are yeah. saying, wait, we've been trying to tell you this entire time. And I know there have been yeah. movies out there that that Nathan and I have tried to rent and then we've given up on because we can't understand what anyone's saying. I mean, yeah. I thought yeah. that movie The Witch was really fascinating, but in between the sound problems and the impenetrable accent that everyone was putting on, it was really hard to understand what everyone was saying. And I feel like oh. that was... It almost feels like a rookie error to like, because you know they would have had screenings and they would have had feedback from people. Uh, Yeah, what they just said in that scene, we had no idea. Can you please rewind so we can see it again or put on the subtitles? Yeah, and that's one of my big beefs with Disney Plus is that. I don't know, every once in a while, I can't quite tell what people are saying, accents, whatever. It could be age. I never (laughs) want to think that it's age. So I want to turn on the subtitles sometimes. But Disney Plus doesn't have just straight subtitles. They have closed captioning, which will also give you the low grumbling sound, dramatic music, wind whooshing. And I'm like, I don't need to see. I understand why it's important to have closed captioning for hearing impaired people. But usually people have like the options. Like, do you want subtitles or do you want the full closed captioning? And I'm sitting here going, 
I'm getting a little irritated at all the text going across the screen that I don't need. I can hear that the wind is whooshing. I just can't tell what that person said. I wish they would change that. But yeah, that is a problem. Yeah. Well, I am curious about Oppenheimer. I, I feel like it's more likely that I'll go see that in the theater than Barbie, mm-hmm. although kind of leaning a little bit more towards Barbie now that everyone's talking about how much fun it is. But I yeah. mean, Florence Pugh and Cillian Murphy apparently have a love scene in Oppenheimer. And I'm like, Ooh. really? I could go for something like that. I do want Cillian Murphy to succeed in all the things. And I do like Florence Pugh. So yeah. maybe. Maybe. The other reason why I'm thinking it might be a rental is apparently it's three hours long. Oh, really? Oppenheimer is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Aren't we awful? <laughs> well, the terrible. movie is, you're giving us too much value for our money. Stop that. <laughs> Seriously, too much content. Ah, the nerve. <laughs> But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. The photo galleries. Lots of photo galleries. So And more to come. And um, yeah, go to all of our social media sites because we've got a lot of links there. I've got that reel that I put up if you want to see on the Binary System Instagram page, Binary System Pod, the reel if you want to see what the Good Omens experience looked like on the inside. Uh, were you one of the people who waited in line with us? I was with the guy with the great Hastor car. Cosplay. Um, <laughs> did you get in? If you got in, did you like it? If you did get in, exactly how long had you waited and got turned away? So, oh gosh, I always wonder when they make the decision to disappoint people by cutting off the line. That's oh ugh. man, oh they had a lot of security around. <laughs> a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of unhappy people. But um, anyway, all that and more. PixLadyGeek.com. So let's see. I'm looking at the calendar. Next week we are possibly going to have a Night Vale episode. <laughs> On Tuesday, which is possibly Ah, a little late for us to record because we usually record on Mondays or Sundays, letting you see behind Mm. the curtain a little bit there. So we might have to have another filler episode or a fan art episode or something because we sure won't have Laura Olympus for a while. No, we won't. And I haven't fast passed that final episode yet. How about you? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I feel like if I could wait just a little bit longer, it won't feel like quite so long of a wait before the season starts up again seriously but yeah i'm sure we'll do something because we're specific but one way or the other we'll talk to everybody in one week talk to y'all later 